0: Previously on the West Wing
1: Come Ah, Leo Mr. President, we have a situation What kind of situation? Chiefs of Staff are assembled in the Situation Room, sir Okay, let's walk After you, sir Who called this meeting? Secretary Smith Smith? Should I know a Smith? I assumed you did A Mrs. Robinson called my office on his behalf? Assume that's his assistant.
2: What is he secretary for?
1: The details I have says he's in charge of intergalactic security. We do that? Apparently. Although he's nothing to do with the CIA and the NSA say they've never heard of him. And NASA? Asked if it was April 1st.
2: Good morning, gentlemen. Secretary Smith, lead us off.
3: President B! How are you? Good to see you again. I'm not sure we've met in any official way. Really? Hmm. Well, maybe we haven't got to the first meeting yet. Interesting, but not really that interesting. Make sure those jammy dodgers get all the way round to Prezi B. Don't want him getting peckish whilst I'm talking. I've heard that disrupts the concentration. Mr. President, anyone ever told you you look a little bit like the chap who made Richard Dreyfus look good in stakeout?
1: What exactly did you gather us all together for?
3: And what the hell is a jammy dodger? You've never had a jammy dodger. Here, it's a delicacy from England. Can't imagine what life would be like without curious little British inventions. Ever heard of Watsits? No? Well, that was them too. Secretary Smith, why are we all here? Aliens. Little green men? Yes, I mean, no, well, same thing, but more sort of grey-ish. What about them? They're here.
1: We know that.
3: You do? Well, why didn't you call me earlier? I could have helped you. I've dealt with hundreds of alien invasions all over the world. But, or are you still rewriting history and telling yourselves aliens only ever land in America?
1: We don't have to. They might land somewhere else, but they only ever work for us. What do you mean? Ever watched American Idol? Alien?
0: Hello and welcome to episode 14 series 3 of the Oodcast. My name is Laura, hello, and with me I have three lovely mans. Man's one is Andrew Candish. Hello. Man's two is Chris Alpha. Hello. Man's three, but my favourite man's probably is Chris Sigma.
1: Shout out to all my homies. I think we should leave. Favoritism is not Hang a good on. way only to
0: start.
3: Probably. How can it only? Be? How can he only be probably?
0: Okay. In terms of podcasting, you are all my favourite <laughs> mans, but he is my best one for marrying. Ah.
2: Yeah. Okay. Good save.
0: We've had so much fun thinking about the brilliant first episode of The Impossible Astronaut. Actually, wait, let's just do a quick straw poll. Who here thought that the episode was rubbish? Good, right. Who thought it was amazing? Me, yeah, yeah, me, the yeah, to yeah, me. me good, good. Which is interesting because overall it's had very, very mixed reviews in the UK press. Only from idiots. Only from idiots, that's true. Most people seem to have really, really enjoyed it, but some people say it was
1: too scary and too clever. I love that. That is the best insult ever. You're just too far too clever and inventive.
3: The Moth was on Radio 2 being interviewed by Graham Norton. And uh, presumably that's Graham Norton's appearance for uh, for Series 6, sorted out now. Um, But no, in the interview, the Moth goes, is it going to be scary? Yeah, of course it's going to be scary. It's Doctor Who. I mean, you know, Doctor Who does scary. Funnily enough, there's still no cookery. It's Doctor Who. (laughs) But
0: before we get started on discussing the impossible astronaut, which I think we'll all agree was pretty hot. Spoilers. Spoilers. Let's For our
1: review. Review spoilers.
0: Before we do that, it's time for the Oodcast News.
4: Oodcast News.
1: Hello and welcome to the Oodcast News. Our first story, Stephen Moffat was recently asked what the singular of silence was. He said he'd asked them but couldn't remember.
3: Andy of the Oodcast completely fine with the idea of 200 more series with Matt Smith. The broadcast of The Impossible Astronaut renders
2: podcaster speechless.
0: After years of accusations of dumbing down being levelled at the BBC... The broadcast of The Impossible Astronaut draws accusations of braining up.
1: Entertainment news now and the BBC has commissioned three seasons of The Legs, The Nose and Mrs. Robinson.
3: The fashion industry is keen to run with the look of the silence. However, no one recalls anything about the original order or who on earth might have worked on it.
2: And finally. um, nope, still got nothing.
4: news.
0: one of the things that i initially really liked about the episode was how adult it was it was just so shockingly flirty and scary and brilliant i really enjoyed it and the adult uh, exploration of the emotional themes as well and the political commentary let's just think about this they gave nixon a bit of a dressing down didn't they
1: Not really. No, they were quite fair with Nixon, I thought. They had both River Song and the Doctor espousing Mm -hmm. slightly different points of view on him.
2: The perspective of the character was that it was before he'd done most of the bad stuff that he would have done.
1: I haven't really picked up that much fan outrage at the sexy nude Doctor hiding... Underneath a lady's skirt thing. Have you seen much of that? No, no, not That's at just all. Pass people by this the, time. The
2: bits I have, the, the bits I've seen, have been in kind of on message boards underneath other reviews in other places. People that aren't necessarily hardcore fans who are complaining about the the cheesy flirting between the doctor and River, but
0: oh, don't mention no, that bit. Come on, that was funny. Oh, I
3: liked it too, but they they didn't. For whatever, I like reason. it because they're not. Well, maybe they are flirting because they fancy each other, but what I'm picking up from it that is they're they're flirting because they don't really know how to take each other. Well, they're flirting because the doctor doesn't really know how to take their relationship. So you get that lovely bit where he goes, you've got that face on again, that face where it goes, Oh, oh, he's hot when he's right. River goes very deadpan this is my normal face and he goes yeah that's right
1: nice Stephen moffat has been accused of not being able to write three-dimensional characters that in his scripts idea and theory are king it's an intellectual Mm. exercise not never really touches the heart i don't really agree with that at all and i think really in this episode he answers his critics all of the companions now are three-dimensional characters Mm,
2: particularly river
1: yeah well river was i just think I've never been a huge fan. I mean, she's a Stephen Moffat creation, and I, I like her, and she's quite witty, but never really warmed to her. In this episode, I thought she was outstanding. Yeah. She, uh, she had outrage when she wasn't trusted by this man she obviously loves. Mm-hmm. I just found her enthralling in this episode. I thought Alex Kingston was brilliant. Um, but not just her. I thought Amy was starting to actually have some emotion. You could see why the Doctor trusts her. It, there was just a really lovely relationship there. And yeah. Rory my favourite character now Mm -hmm. every single line he says I just find so funny I think Arthur Darville is a brilliant actor and the lines Moffat has given him as the kind of third wheel but made that into a kind of a trait well fourth wheel actually now uh, (laughs) made it into a really good trait the way he was leading Canton through things Mm. I think Arthur Darville is
2: phenomenal it's one of my favorite lines was a rory one where uh the doctor says rory you don't mind going down there with with river do you? Says, well yeah I, I do a bit <laughs> it's, well i'll appreciate it all the more <laughs> hold on river i'm coming <laughs> to
3: <laughs> i had to watch the episode three times to get everything out of it because it's so richly textured mm. when i first watched it the, what i got was all the questions it was like well What's going on? Why is the Doctor travelling on his own for 200 years? Why does he send out the invitations when he knows he's going to die? What does he expect them to do when they find out? Why is the girl in the spacesuit? Why are the silence in the tunnels? What do they want? Why is the lodger TARDIS there? Why does the silent kill that woman? Why does it tell Amy to tell the Doctor stuff when it knows that she's instantly going to forget that it told her to? You know, questions, questions, questions. And then a second viewing, I get all the verbose wordplay and the fantastic structure of of um, the sheer horror of the Doctor's death, followed by the amazing farce of the White House scenes, followed by that deep, nasty Gothic stuff in the tunnels. And then third of you, I get all the um, the interplay between the characters. I, think, I just think the moth is an incredibly richly talented writer, and I'm so pleased that he's in charge of our show.
0: I really am too, but I'm not pleased that he chose to leak the Doctor's death because it totally and utterly ruined that section for me. I was just waiting for it to happen, and mm. it had absolutely no emotional impact when it did, mm. which was bizarre because it made it made the whole reaction to it later, the companion's reaction, seem completely disingenuous, and it really took the stinger and the surprise out of what could have been a really mm. punchy series, well,
1: first few scenes. Um, it didn't ruin it for me, but... It, me, yes. I, It didn't ruin it, but I would love to have seen that episode with knowing mm. nothing that something big was going to happen in the first 20 minutes. I would have... I mean, that would have been an extra something, which I didn't feel, because as soon as he went, whatever happens next, you will not interfere. I was like, oh, he's going to die then, mm. because it had to be that. Uh, he knows what he's doing. He's an amazing TV producer, and I'm sure he had his reasons, and I'm sure it's something to do with drawing in casual viewers. But, but I, I mean, really no. don't think it was a good decision, though his one, maybe his one bad decision.
0: It would be very, very hard to show that to a child, of no. uh, any sensitive child at all.
2: Somebody asked me that whether it was suitable to show it to a five-year-old. Seeing as, as I have a five-year-old, it's a fair question. Um, <clears throat> and I wouldn't have shown it to him. No. For a start, the first 15 minutes or too traumatic for a five-year-old to take in. And then the rest was just downright creepy all the way through, which was brilliant for me. I watched the entire thing sitting cross-legged on the floor of my living room like I did when I was six watching (laughs) Doctor Who. And at the end of it, I got up and just said, When
1: your five-year-old grows up, though, he'll thank Mr Moffat for creating something so brilliant. Mm. It's just he can't watch it now. Yeah. That's what I think, anyway.
3: (laughs) Okay, folks, last week, right... We made a load of predictions, and I just want to, you know, what did we get right about this episode?
2: Well, I got nothing right.
1: I got right that the Doctor was the one that was going to die, and that Amy would see it, and that would be the big secret that she was keeping yeah. for him for the rest of the series.
3: How um, about this then? The astronaut has impossibly large feet. She must do. She's a little girl in an adult-sized spacesuit. Her feet must be big.
1: Pushing it a little bit, but yeah, we'll take that one,
3: I think.
0: <laughs> Hooray! And there was no murker pooing on the Oval Office carpet, but it Yet. did get covered in maps, and Amy nearly did bath on it.
3: <laughs> Anything else? Well, you got the Stetson right. Yeah, I wasn't going to brag, though. I also
1: think that my prediction about who's in the astronaut suit might come true. I still think it might be River. When we finally find out who shoots the Doctor, I think it might be River still.
2: And it's, it's now possible that River could turn out to be Amy and Rory's child
1: yeah Yeah. i think i actually think not only that might be true but she might also be the child in the suit that Mm -hmm. might be river as a young Mm -hmm. woman
3: but she would remember having arrived in the tunnels She'd go, oh, this is where I first meet the no, doctor. No, silent. The, silence, uh, uh, the whole park,
1: him, yeah. that whole bit. Oh, so oh which reminds me of something. Yeah, that
0: freaks me out that because there's that bit where Rory comes back down again. she has been down there for about 10, 15 seconds before him and we know that they were all crowding around the entrance to it and all of a sudden she's feeling sick again, just like Amy did mm. Why is she feeling sick? Yeah, I was going to say an impact that of the silence? Is she...
1: No, no, definitely the silence has done something to her. The second time she comes down, she's had an experience before Rory catches up, which we'll find out. I'm uh, almost both, certain of that.
2: If they're both nauseous, maybe the silence have made them both pregnant. Ooh.
0: We did and, oh, have somebody one more, who made a theory about that, didn't they?
2: One more prediction before you move on.
1: I am almost certain that they've already met the silence in series five but we don't know because that bit is edited out of their memory. Mm. I'm sure we're going to flash back to something s- possibly in the lodger where that ship, the yes. ship of the lodger yeah, is the yeah. silencer ship. So I think they've met them before and just can't remember. I think maybe River Song met them in the TARDIS as well when it exploded. I think the re- we don't know the reason the TARDIS exploded. Mm. I think it was mm. the silence it had been edited out.
3: I've always remembered the bit at the beginning of the 11th hour, which didn't quite seem to go anywhere where the doctor says to amy something in the corner of your eye and i've that's always just that i don't know stuck in my mind and if, i'm wondering if that's a reference to it, the silence if it helps
2: that's in the trailer for next time at the end of the episode he says that line something in the corner right. of your eye
3: yeah
0: yeah which is a link back to that really freaky story in one of the annuals where there is a race of spe- a species of creatures that kind of always is one step behind you. You never quite see them unless you accidentally turn your head too fast or Mm. look up in the mirror when you're doing something else horrible that's that, that's one of the real tropes of horror that i hate when a character is washing their face in in the mirror and then mm. they bend down and then they yeah. come up
2: it's a very moffat thing as it well is quite it's the same with thing. weeping angels again i just say Effective. i don't think
0: it's a problem uh, i'm not worried at all now about riverson shooting the doctor because she can't hit an astronaut at 10 <laughs> paces. <laughs> so clearly she's not that good but then she does say oh well of course
3: But that seems significant, the way she said it, as if she realised something. That made me think that maybe
2: it was River in the suit. She can't shoot herself. (sighs) I'm sure there would be a way to do it, but I'm I'm sure that must be possible. Because if she shoots herself, then presumably she would not be there to shoot herself.
3: Yes, but then how would she have missed?
0: Maybe she just bends bullets a bit like Angelina Jolie in In Wanted. wanted.
5: Yes,
2: maybe. Mm. I've never seen that.
6: Good morning. Are you my ten o'clock? Relatively speaking, I suppose. How very droll. My name is the instructor, and I'll be your TARDIS supervisor for today. Is this your first temporal driving lesson? Yes. I've done the simulations, of course, but I'm fresh out of the academy. Arcalian? No, Prydonian. My commiserations. Right then, young... I'm afraid I can't read your name on the form here. All you've done is tick Doctor...
1: Ah, bad handwriting. I'm definitely a
6: doctor. I see you've picked the planet Earth as your practice route. Any reason in particular? I like the name. Shall we get started? Of course. Now, the very first thing you need to do when preparing for takeoff is activate the blue stabilisers. From there, it's simply a matter of mapping the probability vectors, folding back the temporal isometry. Are you listening to me? What, me? Oh, of course. Because it looked very much uh, to me like you were trying to unscrew that roundel from the wall. No, no, I heard every word you said, trust me. Uh, Shall I have a go now? Well, I suppose so. But be careful. There's only two of us here today, but these type 40s really need a crew of six. Careful, got it. Off we go then. Now you hear that sound, yes? That sound means you've left the brakes on. It's not going to pass its 500-year MOT if you continue to grind the mechanisms like that. OK. Pity, though, I like the sound. Sort of mysterious and exciting all at once. Try to calm down a little. Put her in second gear. That's the way. Remember to check the rear-view monitor. Now when I reach out and hit the console, I want you to react like a Tudor ambulance has blasted out in front of you and make an emergency stop. One, two, three, now! Did I do it right? Let me answer your question with a question. Do you think that the molten core of the planet is a safe place to materialise?
1: I was just thinking outside the box. It is getting rather hot in here though, isn't it? I'll put the fans on, not that button.
6: Oh, now this is strange. What's happening now? You've just landed one half of the ship on top of the other half. And that's... bad, is it? You've either discovered a new facet of block transfer computation, or you've destroyed all life on the planet. Hang on, I'll reverse the polarity. Ah, here we are, back in orbit. OK. Just put the handbrake on for a second. Next, I want you to continue forward past the Renaissance and try a reverse park into the Middle Ages. Remember your cockpit check. Cockpit check. Hang on. Yep. It's still there. Let's do this. Great. Bang on. This isn't the Middle Ages. Isn't it? No. How do you know? That Triceratops.
1: Didn't they have Triceratops in the Middle Ages?
6: No. Okay, I'll just press this button. Looks like a friendly sort of button. Perhaps it'll help. That's the chameleon circuit override controls. Ordinarily, the circuit manipulates the ship's outer shell to blend in with environment.
1: Great! What are we now?
6: A vine-covered tree. Now? A wardrobe. Now? A grandfather clock. Now? A swimming pool. Now? A cup of hot chocolate. Now? Liza Minnelli. Now? A police telephone box. Now? Still the telephone box, I'm afraid. you fused the circuit. Oh dear, can you fix it? I don't know. I'll have to go outside to see. Open the door for me. Sure. That wasn't it, was it? No, that was gravity control. Is that why we're stuck to the ceiling? I'm pretty sure, yes. Fine, I've got it covered. Ah! Right, stay there. I'll be back in a moment. Now, let me see. I just need to stabilise the... What? No, wait. Come back this instant. Don't leave me here. Help! Bye, I'm just borrowing this for a second.
1: Take care. Oh, he was very nice. Our listeners have put forward a few ideas which I wanted to put onto the podcast. The first one was uh, from Michael Brunstrom. He says, did everyone notice the Laurel and Hardy Sons of the Desert thing? Yes. Apparently there's a very famous scene in Sons of the Desert where they come up to the camera and wave at it both wearing fezes. Yeah. Huh. And so the Doctor goes up and waves wearing a fez. Mm-hmm. Cool. Clever. Very clever. It was very good. Even though actually the one they're watching isn't Sons of the Desert. It's a different one. Uh, so world well on Michael, on that one. And secondly, uh, oh dear, I, I, I can't remember his name. A uh, listener has has written in where he says that he's listened back to the lodger and the voice of the child who rings President Nixon is the same voice as the child who lures Ooh. people upstairs. Aha. Aha! Which is very intriguing. Mm. He has a name with Dalek in it. I will find out and put it onto the Facebook page because he should be credited for that.
3: I think it was the Guardian review, it's one of the newspaper reviews, said that the scene in the restroom was very reminiscent of David Lynch. Oh, yeah. Um, And I just think that that actress who played Joy... Was absolutely outstanding. She she hit the comedy and the horror all at the same time. What a great performance! Yeah, mm. I think just the people-
0: physicality of the way she threw mm. her hands back when she was being what? How do? How exactly does the silence kill people? Because we don't know yet. are people they sucking something? It was out drawing of them?
3: energy from yeah. around because from around itself because the lights were flickering. Mm. M- my friends that I was watching it with uh, both gasped in horror, and I was sat there going, "Yeah, it's Doctor Who. It's you know, it's, it's <laughs> like this." And they were like, "Boom!" That's horrible.
0: Whoever is in that suit, whoever he is, he's got beautiful movement for the whole yeah. for the sucking up. Yeah. Just the whole creepy, it's very Nosferatu, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's right.
2: got the long fingers. Mm.
3: Yeah,
0: it's, it's did really it. very the good. The question
3: that does bug me,
2: how do they do the suits up with the big flappy fingers? They get
3: people to do, someone asked this on Gallifrey Base and the answer oh. that someone came up with, with is they just get people to do it for them and then once they've done it, they've forgotten they've done it. Alberto! What is it? I'm working! Oh! So here you are. Hiding? Not at all working. The High Priestess is not happy, you know. So I hear. But what can I do? Work quicker. The statue had to be finished three sunsets past. I cannot rush such delicate work. I'm not digging a hole. I can't just speed up at the click of a finger. Even if the finger is also pointing some of our most fearsome warriors in your direction? Of course not. I sacrifice nothing for the art of my worship.
2: This god is like no other we have discovered. Look at the size of the stone I had to find to fit in all the features. I can't just whip up a statue when I'm working on something this
3: large. I see. You know that's not going to help though, right? Where are you, accursed artist? Uh Uh-oh. Ah, so here you cower,
2: and with good reason too. Where is my statue? High Priestess, forgive me, I am working as fast as I can. Such detail is needed in a work of this type. Every wrinkle must be individually hewn. Juan can testify that I have spent three weeks alone on the forehead, can't you, Juan? Juan? Oh, typical.
5: I do not have time for excuses. Where is my statue?
2: It is here. What? This? It is not quite finished. I had to find an extra large piece of stone to work from to make sure I could fit all the gods' features on, you see.
5: Turn it the right way up, so I can see it properly.
2: It it is the right way up.
5: Where is the unfinished section?
2: Just here, High Priestess, by the mountainous nose, overshadowed by the enormously holy forehead.
5: It is needed for the ceremony of dedication at sundown. So you will finish it now.
2: But, High Priestess, I cannot finish so soon.
5: I will stay
2: and watch you. I don't think that's very wise, High Priestess. I, I get very nervous if someone is watching me work.
5: Even so, I'm sure the god will keep your hand steady. Work!
2: Very well.
5: Faster! Honeyman, <laughs> sundown is imminent. Idiot!
2: I did warn you. No
5: matter. We shall use one of your others. That one will do. What is it?
2: Well, well that's the statue I call Bent Shoe During Mating Season.
1: Bring it! The
5: ceremony is about to commence.
1: One quick thing before we finish, which is Steve Moffat keeps getting accused of having a very limited palette, that it's always people forgetting, people having to look at the monster or they're going to die... You know the creepy children, all of mm. this stuff. I, I can see all that, but this episode was so different to everything that came before. All the things we, palette. When people talk about palette, they seem to mean specifics, mm. like little skin deep similarities. But the actual thrust of the story, the way that he's changed the dynamic between the characters, the 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 change of perspective. It's massive. This story. He. Does such different things. If you think of the eleventh hour, it was almost a uh, kind of a wacky thrill ride. This one is creepy and unsettling and bleak and mm. and and talky. It's it's so different. And there's a special straw that makes things fizzy. <laughs> so in
0: short, scary, sexy, and s- set ups. Is that is that is my mm. alliterative summary mm. of this one
3: mine is astounding astonishing amazing cowboys canton and conspiracies
2: i don't have anything literally i'm i am excited enough to want to dress up as the Mirka and go and find an oval room to go and have a poo in <laughs> that is good but you do that chris you do it
0: pictures coming soon
2: <laughs> <laughs> i'm freaked out now <laughs>
1: Well, hello, and welcome to another UCAST interview. To my right, as always, are Miss Laura Simpson, Mr Chris Alpha, and Mr Andrew Candish. Hi, guys. Hi, Hi Chris. Chris. And we're all very excited to welcome this week's guest—a creature that needs no introduction. Um, <laughs> actually, uh, well, this is slightly embarrassing, but I've forgotten. Um, uh, do we even have an interview today? <sighs> was that noise? Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> now I remember. How silly of me. Today we're interviewing a spokesperson for The Silence. The what? The the Silence. Him over there.
0: Ah! Oh yeah, <laughs> right.
1: Welcome Mr. Silent. I believe Alpha has the first question. Hmm? Uh, sorry? No, you've lost me. About what? I've got no idea. What were we talking about?
0: It looks like we're just about to interview... Ah!
2: Ah! What is it? Look over there. Ah! Um, could I ask you first, who does your tailoring?
3: Well, I think tailoring's a bit of a grand word for it. I usually just throw on a jumper and a pair of shorts and I'm good to go. No, no, I wasn't talking to you. Who were you talking to then? Um, no one. Uh, Laura, maybe?
2: Laws. Who, who does your tailoring? What?
0: Eating ah! 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 biscuits!
2: OK, everyone keep staring at him. Don't look away. Concentrate on his answer. Mr Silent... Who does your tailoring?
5: Well, I generally go for quite a classic line. I find
1: off-the-hanger suits to be... Ah!
3: Sorry, I just drifted off for a moment.
1: That's okay. we're not doing anything. You drift off. It'll mean you'll be sharp for the interview later. Uh,
3: Sigma? Mm. Ah! Sorry. Mr Silent,
0: if you could get jiggy with any other creature in the universe, which would it be?
1: And no thals or axons. That's cheating.
0: Oh!
2: Really? Really sorry? This is getting
0: ridiculous. Are you alright,
1: Alf? I'm, I'm fine.
0: Why did you just go... Ah! Uh,
1: I
2: don't know. I can't remember. Well, did you see a mouse or something? There's, there's a mouse? Ah! Calm down, there isn't a mouse. There is something, though. A sort of unspecified feeling of dread? Yeah, I feel that way, too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Can't you for concentrate for even a split second? Oh, that's a nice top you've got on,
2: Laura.
0: Thanks. I got it for the interview we're doing later. Guys. Ah! Ah!
2: But what are you shouting about now? That. that! Ah! crikey!
3: Ah! Oh my! Help! Ah! 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 We're all going to die. Why?
4: Ah! Now I remember. Ah! 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 Ah!
1: That's it, I'm off So soon, what did we do? Well hello and welcome to another Oodcast interview To my right as always are Miss Laura Simpson, Mr Chris Alpha and Mr Andrew Candish Hi guys Hi Hi, Chris. Chris OK, well, thanks for joining us again this week. We've loved having you listen to us and we've loved being able to watch our beautiful favourite series come alive once again. Please be here again next week to hear what we think about the second part of the story. I found an oval room. Hooray! Ugh.
4: So peaceful until you turn around. Oh, just look what you found oh, an alien. You've never seen such an ominous guy. You wanna scream, you wanna cry, you're quite convinced you're gonna die till it's over and then. nice and quiet shh, shh but soon again shh, shh. starts another big riot he oh so quiet it's oh so still run away till you turn back and then it's nice and quiet but soon again starts another big riot you take a